Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music, transcribed with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. The first song by the quartet expresses how we all feel as we see the day rapidly approaching for Jesus to come again, up in the glory land. Precious words by Jesus spoken fill my soul with joy. Lay your treasures up in heaven where nothing can destroy. Up in the glory land there's a place prepared for me. My treasure is there awaiting Up in the glory land In the Father's house on high There's where I'm going With Jesus by and by This Cheers me onward, lightens every care. That my Savior walks beside me, doth every burden share. Up in the glory land, there's a place My treasure is there awaiting Up in the glory land In the Father's house on high There's where I'm going With Jesus by Heavenly Father, we pray that Thou wilt bless all of our listeners today in Asia, Africa, Europe, America, and the islands of the sea, everywhere. 
And may the voice of prophecy bring help because it brings Christ to the hearts of men. In his name we ask it. No. Oh. 
This gospel is to go to all men, and the voice of prophecy is dedicated to the global task of introducing Christ to the millions. so true of Jesus who died in our place what more oh what more could he do what more could he do what more could he do say Voice of Prophecy is a worldwide mission of faith. We've had with us the past few days as our guest, Pastor Archie E. Rawson, who directs the work of the Voice of Prophecy in the great Southern Asia Territory. We'd like for you to meet him, and here to introduce him to you is H.M.S. Richards. Thank you, Orville Iverson. During my last trip around the world visiting Voice of Prophecy area headquarters, I had the pleasure of becoming acquainted with this capable, consecrated, and energetic man. Brother Rawson, we are glad that you are here with us today. I'm sure that our radio audience in the Western Hemisphere would like to know just a little of the scope of your work. You told me while I was with you in India that the Voice of Prophecy broadcasts are presented over Radio Ceylon each week. What type of coverage does this great station have? I'm happy to tell you that Radio Salon is one of the most powerful commercial stations in the world. Radio Salon covers practically the whole world. In fact, we have received letters from listeners living in almost all the free countries of the world. You were telling me a little while ago that the Voice of Prophecy program is repeated to the listening audience on Sunday over that station. How many actual Voice of Prophecy programs are released from... Radio Salon each week. Thirteen Voice of Prophecy programs are released every week over Radio Salon. Four of these releases are in four of India's major vernacular languages. The other programs are in English. That's certainly encouraging. Now, you conduct free Bible correspondence courses along with your broadcasts. How many schools 
Are you operating, and in how many languages? This is a very interesting question. At the present time, we have 13 Bible schools. By November of this year, we will be conducting 15 Voice of Prophecy Bible schools in Southern Asia. At the present time, two of our 13 schools are conducted in the English language. The remaining 13 schools are conducted in 11 of the major languages of Southern Asia. Now, I know that a lot of mail comes your way every day. The proof of the effectiveness of this radio and Bible ministry is in the impact it makes in the lives of the listeners and the students. Would you just briefly tell us something about the results you're having in carrying the gospel of Christianity away out there in the strategic part of India's world? Dr. Richards, I'm sure our radio listeners will be happy to know that 40,000 non-Christians have written in to our office expressing their faith in and acceptance of Jesus Christ as their Savior. By the way, you and our radio audience might be interested to know that there is a great deal of difference between Eastern music and the music of the Western world. It is true that many in Southern Asia appreciate Western music, but the majority of the people prefer their own music. Our English broadcasts are, of course, identical to our broadcasts here in North America. However, in our broadcasts in the native languages, we use Lift Up the Trumpet in the style of music most familiar in India. Perhaps you would like to hear our theme song, Lift Up the Trumpet, as we sing it in four of the native languages. Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, living a thousand years. There's one particular thousand years of interesting life of which we're speaking today. Let us turn to the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation and read the first nine verses quickly. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. After that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again till the thousand years were finished. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. 
the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That's God's picture of the millennium or the thousand years. The word millennium simply means thousand years, mentioned six times here in this passage. Something changed the devil for a thousand years, then he's loosed again for a little season. Let us make one point clear. Two resurrections mark the millennium, one at its beginning, one at the close. In Acts 24:15, the apostle Paul speaks of a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. And Jesus, too, speaks of the resurrection of life and the resurrection of damnation in that order. That's John 5:28. Two resurrections, one to life, one to damnation or judgment. Now, when does the resurrection to life take place? Let us turn to 1 Thessalonians 4.16, where we read that the Lord himself, Jesus, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, that is, the resurrected righteous, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Over in John, the 14th chapter, Jesus said the same thing. He said he was going to prepare a place for us, and when he had prepared it, he would come again and receive us unto himself, that where he is, there we may be also. So you see, all of the people of God from all ages who are sleeping in the grave will be raised from the dead at Christ's second coming, and those who are alive and remain will be changed immediately into immortality, and all taken with Christ to heaven. Well, what about the effect of the coming of the Lord and the wicked? Second Thessalonians 2.8 says they're destroyed by the brightness of his coming. Who does that leave on earth? Not a single soul. So you see, Satan is bound because he has nothing to do. He can't tempt the righteous. He can't deceive the wicked. For a thousand years, the children of God are in heaven. And this earth, it's desolate as it was in the beginning. It's called here the abyss or bottomless pit. The word's exactly the same word used in the Septuagint version of the first chapter of Genesis, where the prophet tells us that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. That's the same word. Turning to Jeremiah, the fourth chapter, 23rd verse, we find the same words. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. Same words used in Genesis 1. Now going on further in this fourth chapter, I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled. That's the last earthquake, the coming of Christ. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. And the cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord in his fierce anger. Verse 24. So the second coming of Christ, his glory and power. The wicked are destroyed by that glory. Even the cities are broken down. There's no man. It's dark just like it was in the beginning. Satan and his host of evil angels are bound in this so-called bottomless pit for a thousand years of meditation on his long career of sin and rebellion. But what are the righteous doing? I saw thrones and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. They reign in judgment. Do you mean to tell me that God's people will have a part in the judgment? Certainly they will. We read it here in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? You see, when Christ comes, he brings his reward with him. 
and takes his people to heaven at the time of the first resurrection, the beginning of the millennium. The wicked are slain with his glory. And during the thousand years, God's people see how he has dealt with the cases of the lost. They see then as God sees. They will realize his justice and his righteousness. They will understand him better and love him better. And when it's all over, they'll be able to say, True and righteous are thy judgments, O King of the ages. Revelation 16:7. And that's how it is that God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And so the redeemed will live with Christ a thousand years and reign with him too. Now briefly, let us mention seven events which mark the end of the millennium. First, the wicked are resurrected. The rest of the dead live not again till a thousand years are finished. Second, Satan is loosed from his prison by this resurrection. Third, he goes out to deceive the nations. Fourth, the holy city, New Jerusalem, descends from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's Revelation 21, verse 2. This takes place in connection with the losing of Satan. And it's plain from events that follow. Fifth, Satan marshals the wicked about the holy city. In Revelation 20, 8 and 9, we read that he shall go out to deceive the nations, to gather them together to battle. And they go up on the breadth of the earth, these billions and billions of the lost of all ages, from the, before the flood and down to our day, under his command. And here the whole human race meet for the first and last time, some inside the walls, some outside. Then is fulfilled the prediction that before Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God, Philippians 2.8. Even Satan will admit God's justice. The sixth event, fire comes down from God out of heaven and devours him. That's the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's the everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. That's the time when the heavens pass away with a great noise and the elements melt with fervent heat. It's the lake of fire, the perdition of the lost, the day of the Lord that burneth as an oven, and all the wicked shall be destroyed. And the devil that deceived them at last is cast into the lake of fire, and death and hell are delivered themselves to destruction. This is the end of the story of human evil. The curtain rings down. But this isn't the end of God's story. One more final act, the seventh, is still to take place at the end of the millennium. Before the admiring eyes of the redeemed in the city of God will come forth a new creation, a recreation of the earth in beauty and life as in the beginning. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, says the apostle, we look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, Second Peter three thirteen. This is the final picture, the earth itself made new, glorified, made over again. Friends, this promise is our promise. It's for all of us. If ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We read in Galatians three twenty nine. What promise? The promise that the earth would be ours by faith. There was a poor little boy in the big city of London, he loved toys. He'd go to the shop windows and gaze for hours at the things inside the windows. Oh, how he longed to handle those toys, but there was a glass window between. He was run over, taken to the hospital. And there they brought him some toys and put them there on the bed for him. He looked at them a long, long time and touched them gently. And, and then again he'd put out his hands and touched them again. And finally he softly said, no glass between. That's the way it will be. At last, 
Now we look through a glass darkly, but then face to face. The day is coming when God's people will inherit the kingdom, and the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there. This is Orville Iverson thanking you for tuning in today. God has promised us help whenever needed, so let us keep looking up and go forward in faith. Have faith in God. His righteous rule appears. Have faith in God to end the reign of tears. Have faith in God. With Him a thousand years. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this transcribed program of ours has served to give you spiritual strength and blessing. And now we invite you to join us again next week at this same time for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. Remember the Voice of Prophecy in your prayers, especially every Thursday morning at 8 o'clock when we pray here, you pray there. The Lord bless thee and keep thee the Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.